0: from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning in Rutherford County.
1: Still getting, are you getting echo? Yep. Echo, echo. Brian, <laughs> you were the last one to touch this place. Anyway, uh, is someone that can Help me with this echo that we're having um, at the radio station. Hello. I would appreciate it.
2: Uh, what are you going? What's going on with you, Paul? Paul Dehoff. We have just been harvesting chestnuts out of the backyard. Oh. They have some of the meanest, nastiest green hulls. They will spike your fingers in a blink. But anyway, we got. 66 pounds of chestnuts
1: did you weigh them
2: yeah we put them in one pound bags and two pound bags bless uh, your heart sell them so people like to use them you have to cook them a certain way because if you um if you if you put them in the oven without scoring the shell Mm -hmm. they have a tendency to blow up and it really makes a mess in the oven
3: so
1: I didn't know we had many chestnut trees. Well, these are Chinese chestnuts, not uh-huh. American.
2: American chestnuts were pretty well wiped out by the blight.
1: Yeah, I I remember earlier uh, when we were young, we did have chestnut trees around here. Right. So it, it was kind of a holiday thing.
2: It was because um, they come in right before Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. So they'd make chestnut dressing and that sort of thing. Is anything going on over at the store? We are. We're doing a lot of uh we're doing a lot of uh, communion cup sales mm-hmm. all over the place, disposable communion cups people are getting. You know, um, I
1: I guess it's how you look at it, but I really miss the old ways and trying to take the, the lid off of those things and, 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 you, and you got the bread on top of the, the, the grape Well, no, That's juice. one
2: type. There's another type that's a double chalice. It, it's uh, like an hourglass yeah. type shape. One side has uh, juice in it. The other side has bread. In it, and it's real bread. And so you can take it and uh, it's a lot easier for most older people to open and use Yeah. because you're just popping that end open on whichever side you need. And uh, we we sold thousands and thousands of those. And
1: uh, what's the difference in the uh, the the cost, as far
2: as those two particular items? The chalice ones are a little more expensive than the others. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot more expensive, but somewhat more expensive. Mm-hmm. But the convenience and the uh, use of it, I, most people feel like far outweighs the the uh, flat cup ones.
1: I have a hard time. With the bread than I do, I, it's supposed to be wine, but, it, I mean, it's yeah. grape juice. But uh, I have actually spilt grape juice all over my shirts trying to do that.
2: Yeah, you have to be real careful with especially those flat ones. The, uh, the chalice ones are a lot easier to hold for older people, and because they're solid, they don't have to worry about crushing them or anything like that.
1: You think we'll and, go back to the old ways?
2: Doubtful. There are some churches that have gone back to using communion sets with glass cups, but not many. Most of them are pretty well staying with disposable cups. And we do a lot of uh, flag sales and a lot of Bibles and and uh, religious books and workbooks and that sort of thing. Tremendous amount of those. And we do rebinding. You know, where people bring old Bibles in to have them rebound. Mm-hmm. We've got a company that is just magnificent in doing that, and they they really do a great job. They can. Most of the time, they can save the cover you have and remount it on a new cover, or they can just do the whole thing. What's the
1: largest selling Bible right now? Is it still King James?
2: Probably still King James in this area. Yeah. uh, Although there are very strong sales for others, uh, other translations that are really good translations. And and it's good to have multiple translations in your house because, I mean, you take... Take like the King James talks about one place Jesus dying is a propitiation for our sins. Mm-hmm. Most people would be like, well, what does that mean? You know, yeah, when You open the New International it says Jesus died as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. It is easier to understand and, and atoning sacrifice is not quite the deep meaning as propitiation. But for most people, they understand it better. Yeah. And uh, and each one has its strengths and weaknesses.
1: The biggest strength and weakness for me is making sure that the print is larger. Yes. Now, uh, is, is there any thought at all about when you order Bibles, do, do you think at all about will anybody be able to read this?
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. There are various micro print Bibles that kids will get, which is fine for them. Yeah. But- Older, and a lot of older people also have trouble reading red. Red ink will fade out in their vision. So if you have a red-letter edition Bible, when they hit the red part, it's hard for them to see that red, mm-hmm. uh, that red ink. But uh, <clears throat> the the difficulty with large print Bibles is, of course, the the larger the print, the bigger the book's going to be. Um,
1: but that's great for me.
2: Well. You drop, if you drop out a lot of the aids, the center column reference and the references and that sort of thing, and just go straight to the text, you get a, a reasonable-sized book. But if you want a study Bible or something uh, with extra-large print in it, it's going to be pretty good size.
1: I just noticed uh, two weeks ago I found one of Jackie's, my wife's, uh, old Bible, and, I, and I, I started looking at it. I said, doggone, I could read this one. <laughs> I think the print must have been about three inches high or something like that. And I, it makes it, when you're reading, you want to be able to read and understand at the same time. And yes. if you're having difficulty seeing the print, it's almost impossible.
2: Years ago, we had what was called an Armor New Testament. Yeah, And it was done by Star Bible Company. And they, uh, they put a steel plate in the front of the... Uh, New Testament, and it was for use with soldiers. They did it during World War II, and somebody resurrected it during the Vietnam War. Yeah. And they s- sold a bunch of those things, sold them out. I don't think they're available now, but it was interesting because it, it, the steel plate had stuff written on it. There was somebody here in Murfreesboro whose name I do not know who actually had one that had a bullet imprint in it. Hmm. Um, but <clears throat> uh, those were popular.
1: What is it that stirs the sale? of the american flag um i know that one time many many people had the american flag in their yards and and um on on their front porch they had that little bar that that you could display it but uh all right we just got through with 9 one celebrating nine one one. did that up the sales of the flag because that interests me because we have so much um negative things going on right now and it really nothing aggravates me more I don't think than for someone to not honor uh, the American flag and the veterans that uh, made this life possible for us here
2: Yep, Um, the American flag history uh, has not been taught in schools in the way it was in the past and the result of that is that uh, you have a whole group of people younger people who grew up who just they have no feeling for the flag one way or the other because yeah. it never represented anything for them which is and sad yeah they i mean it's a lack of education and a lack of understanding uh they're just ignorant regarding what the flag is and what it means and yeah. then you have beyond that you have a group which has attacked the flag as being you know a, a terrible thing and blah 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 and we need to change the whole design and this that and the other and that. of course that's I just think
1: they need to move. We have a phone call. Caller, welcome aboard with Paul Hoff.
3: Hello, Truman. This is Bob Godsey. I used to work hey. at the Manor. Yeah, um, hey, I got Bob. A How are you? I'm good. I got a question for Mr. DeHoff. Um, Mr. Hoff, have you heard of the, the New King James Version? And it's the same as the old one. There's no difference except it gives you an option of certain words like perpetuation to put a different word in its place. It's called the King James Version Easy Reader, and they come in all sizes. They have giant print, and the interesting thing about it, too, is that all the words of God, whether Old Testament or New, are all in red. It's pretty interesting. Um, I just wondered if you'd ever heard of the um, version called um, King James Version Easy Reader.
2: I have heard of that. It's very popular. Um, It's not as widely used as some of the others, but it is uh, an extremely good translation for a lot of people to use because it's, it's very simple in its translation. Uh, Eudora Welty said that the, uh, one of the worst things to happen to the United States was that the King James Bible was quit being used. That was the only higher English exposure that most people got. It's written yeah. on the 12th grade level give an example, the Reader's Digest is written on the seventh grade level. So she said by because people were studying the King James Bible, it forced them into a higher level of education and English use. The New King James has um, simplified some of the King James terms and updated some things and is very popular and, and very usable. And particularly, it's good to have multiple translations around so you can read something, okay, how did they say it? How did this group say it? it makes a big difference.
3: Yeah, um, the easy reader um, has the options for you. They'll give you a couple words to substitute if you so desire. It's kind of neat in that respect.
2: Uh, it's it's very usable.
3: Well, thank you, sir. Truman, you, you have do, a great day. Um,
1: you too. Bye. Um. That is an interesting point when he brings that up And uh being able to understand uh something that is important as the Bible, uh you have to be able to pretty much read and think at the same time in 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 the way it's uh um meant to be. Do you um change much in the type of Bibles that you have over at dehoff uh, publication over there because uh, you have to reach out to the people in their particular needs and in uh, all of our levels of, of reading and and being able to understand you want to reach everybody don't you
2: we do we try to provide a, a wide range of Bibles from the very simple, yeah, and some of them are not even translations; they are uh summaries or or uh, somebody 's rewrite of the Bible, like the the old which you don 't see much anymore, but the living Bible was not a translation, it was a paraphrase of the Bible mm-hmm. that uh, Taylor had done, and it was widely used by a lot of people and there were people fighting the living Bible tooth and nail when it came out and uh, as my dad said if it gets people interested in reading the bible and studying it more power to it yeah and if it's not that good a translation ten years from now twenty years from now you'll be hard-pressed to find one and he said it'll die its own death yeah and uh... you know that one's not as widely used now as it used to be but um there are some great translations out there very usable very understandable and uh... i used to joke in in selling bibles i would tell people they could get a Bible that had a red cover on it. And I said, the advantage to that is that this Bible is read every day. No. <laughs> because it had the red cover.
1: <laughs> and don't, don't be telling me jokes this morning. I hear the worst jokes every week uh, coming in here. And uh, the um, my preacher, uh, Daryl Lewis, uh, he... I love the way that he relates to all of his people at the church because he, he, he's, uh, he does it in a simple way and he does it in a way that everybody can understand. We know we're all sinners and we know we don't reach the, the levels that we should every day. Uh, and uh, he makes you feel comfortable uh, in, in that setting in the church. And uh, you kind of grew up in the the same type of of way, didn't you? I do. Because your dad made it uh, very simple and 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 enjoyable. You you to be able to to able to take everything in. You you have to have something that reaches out to you and understand it and enjoy it at the same time.
2: And you know, on the level that most people operate, uh, you can't have something that's so intellectual that. It's over their heads, or they're trying to struggle to understand it. Yeah. There's, a, there's a place for that, but that's, that's different from most sermons. Yeah. And uh, my dad used to joke that the mind can absorb only what the seat can endure. So he would keep his sermons to about 20 to 30 minutes. It uh, sound like Daryl. Because the long ones, he said, when you get beyond that, people start squirming in their seat and they're getting tired and <laughs> you'll see them drifting off. But,
1: uh, do you remember Miss Mary Hall? I do. Oh gosh, I I'd love to. Sometimes I would be distracted watching her on the very front pew, and uh, when time
2: came to end the sermon, but if she was there, on that she would w- she would raise
1: it. her little watch up, and she would be sure Wave that the principal is going to be able. I mean, the preacher's going to be able to see that. It was just um, being in church is so important. But it, it, it's like it has to become part of your life, doesn't it?
2: It, it is part of a lifestyle. COVID changed a lot of things, and people started doing a lot of online things. Mm-hmm. And the people who were like, well, I don't have to have a group to be a Christian or this, that, and the other. You know, I don't have to go to church. I can watch online, this, that, and the other. And that's true. They can. But you lose the fellowship and the, con- the physical contact and the visitation and getting to know people yeah which uh is an important integral part of the society that we need and i remember living somewhere and somebody we were we had been there about a year and we were moving and somebody said well i'm glad i didn't get to know y'all very well and we're like okay and he said since you're moving he said i didn't waste all that time trying to get to know you <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Okay. That's kind of a cynical outlook on things. I mean They're also, not from
1: the South, are they?
2: Uh probably not. Yeah. Uh, that was in California or Oklahoma, I forget which. But they uh you know, I always thought getting to know people was like travel I mean you may know them well, you may not know them well, but that encounter you can gain something from it. Yeah. Plus or minus. Uh and you, you learn to deal with people and dealing with people is very important. And, uh,
1: did you get to eat out every sunday at, at another at someone's house that was uh, uh that went to your church cuz i can remember my grandmother uh, mama jones bless her heart uh, she she would love to have them every sunday of course sundays was the the, the time that everybody in the family would get together uh in uh, the brothers and sisters uncles aunts everybody the cousins and we would sit at the dinner table uh, at different shifts. Uh, the men would eat first, and then the children, and then the ladies would eat last. And then they would clean the table up. That it really that would be hard to fit in in today's world. Yeah, I know
2: you're a, lo- you're a lot older than I am. Yeah. So you <laughs> you don't remember that, well, Paul? I do. We uh, my dad. I used to go with my dad on meetings, and some of them would be two-week meetings yeah. at that time, uh, and they. Uh, you know people would still come to the meetings and everything else that wasn't as much t v offered then as there is now yeah. and uh so we would always go out to eat afterwards, sometimes you wouldn't sit down to eat till nine o'clock at night and uh Ooh. so it could be a little a little taxing sometimes to eat that late but uh but it was always interesting and good fellowship
1: well, I love those other days because uh the plate and, uh, would be taken home by whoever the designated person was, and they would actually uh, cook the bread for the for Sunday communion. Yeah, right. and, and then they would bring the for Church of Christ. They would bring the the grape juice. Right, and uh, that was um, it's it's still a a special time. For us, but those little things that you were talking about—they're a real pain. I mean, they just—I know you don't want to lose that business, but—but I would love for it to go back the way it was.
2: (laughs) Well, that challenge—we still sell communion cups, and we still sell uh, uh, trays and and supplies on it. But most people have gone to the disposable cups. A lot of them use the flat-top disposable cups, but a number of them are using the chalice cups, and those have really become popular, uh, because even though they're a little more expensive.
1: Sounds a little bit easier. A lot I easier. know it shouldn't be. We'll talk about easier, but let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Paul Dopp.
0: From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and
3: streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, I'm Larry Castelli, and I love living at Adam's Place. It's very friendly. Everyone here seems to want to make friends and be your friend. And the staff is fabulous. Betsy, who is the director of activities, is fabulous. She's always having something going on. We have music at least once a week, wine and cheese, and there's all sorts of different type of activities. I would highly recommend Adam's Place.
0: Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center.
4: I'm Ron Jordan. Teachers lock their children in classrooms when educational assistant Joanna Jones called a code yellow during a recent school safety drill at Las Casas Elementary School. SRO Sergeant Scott Culp says the school resource officers work with the different schools in the county to perform the safety drills. One area of focus when working with the teachers, nurses, and school administrators focuses on the possibility of an active shooter. We talk about that a lot. A lot of our drills are focused around that. So yes, we do as much as we can do without traumatizing everyone. Obviously, law enforcement has to be a little more prepared than uh, teachers. And I tell our faculty every year, you know, it's a sad state of affairs when teachers have to even worry about that. Culp says of the drills, the ultimate goal is not to be a victim and to respond accordingly. The Political Economy Research Institute at MTSU is sponsoring a public lecture at 6 o'clock Thursday night featuring nationally known economist and New York Times bestselling author Brian Kaplan. Presentation, Exploring Open Borders, the Science and Ethics of Immigration, will be held at the State Farm Lecture Hall in the Business and Aerospace Building at MTSU. Tennessee receiving federal funds to support the mental health of people who suffered deadly flooding in the mid-state. Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse is getting over $116,000 through the Federal Emergency Management Agency's Crisis Counseling Program. It'll support flood victims in Dixon, Hickman, Houston, and Humphreys counties. More than 17 inches of rain fell on the area August 21st, leading to the deaths of 20 people in Humphreys County. News on demand 24-7 at our website, wgnsradio.com.
0: I'm Ron Jordan reporting.
4: Hey guys, it's Scott. Make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at Low T Center, where they exclusively specialize in men's wellness, and they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. It all starts with an annual wellness exam, where they do a comprehensive health assessment exclusively for us men, making it quick and easy to take care of your health. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, $155 a month, self-pay, or covered by most health insurance. Go to lowtcenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Michael DeLeon with Steered Straight Thrift Stores. It's a nonprofit thrift store. We take donations. Your donations, support, and purchases help educate youth on the choices and consequences of drugs, bullying, suicide, and other hard topics. Come into our thrift stores, eight forty-five Middle Tennessee and nine zero three Mercury Boulevard. I'm telling you, you're going to find treasures and you're going to find great deals. But you're going to help us save lives. Michael DeLeon, Steered Straight. You're supporting drug education in schools. I can't emphasize enough. It's more important than ever
3: listen live to wgns radio on our website and alexa or google devices search wgns radio for
4: on-demand podcasts in itunes google play spotify and stitcher plus we have direct links to podcasts at wgnsradio.com
3: good neighbor weather areas of showers and isolated thunderstorms this afternoon high of 76 tonight cloudy chance of showers and storms alone 65 I'm meteorologist Laura Lockwood on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 66.
4: Premier 6 Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Premier 6 on Broad and Jackson Heights.
0: From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Paul DeHoff. And
1: one thing that's always interests me is, there comes a time in your life that you are ready to be baptized. And there's always an incident or something, or maybe you have thought about it for a long time. And, uh, uh, every Sunday, the preacher will try to reach out to those that may be, um, ready. And I remember my, uh, brother Russ was killed in an accident. in. uh, that was the time that it just reached out to me, I need to do this. And it wasn't on a Sunday. It was it was on a regular weekday. And uh, after uh, he, we had his service and everything, I felt like it was time for me to do it. And I think most people understand that the meaning of it and the reason why we feel uh, like we need to do it. I mean, just to reach out and, uh, and, um, it's a special feeling that comes over you.
2: Church attendance has dropped off a lot in recent years. Yeah. Um, churches are, some churches have closed up. Bellwood church of Christ completely closed up after COVID. Uh, they sold the building and, uh, there's a new group in there now, and it is just live with activity. Um, but the uh,
1: they uh, they do have a strong representation over there at that church. I have seen it just packed, uh, not just on Sunday.
2: Yeah, they they have Saturday night services and they have Sunday morning services or their main ones. I think they do something. That's the
1: one there. on Broad. Uh,
2: yeah, that's the uh, Coptic Church. Yeah. That uh, and the, used to,
1: it used to be the Church of Christ there.
2: Yeah, the building was uh, Bellwood Church of Christ. Yeah. Now it's uh, Saint Saint Caius Coptic Church, mm-hmm. uh, Orthodox Coptic Church.
1: Now, what is the Coptic? Uh-
2: they came out of Egypt. Uh, it's very, uh, from my information, and I may not be fully informed on it, but the origins of the Coptic Church are are very interesting in that nobody can pinpoint here's when it started. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have related it to maybe having been started by the Ethiopian eunuch when he went back down yeah, heard uh, that. after being converted. But um they're a very dedicated Christian group. They do teach uh baptism by immersion for the remission of sins. Mm-hmm. They uh follow a lot of the uh, I mean they follow a lot of the New Testament tenets. They do have a structure uh which would be similar to uh not as extreme as the Catholic Church, but they have bishops and and a hierarchy that they follow and uh, they're very very dedicated to what they're doing and they have been virtually uh, persecuted literally to death in the Middle East and that's why a lot of them have fled that area to try to practice their Christianity without being uh, threatened with their lives. uh, It's so
1: interesting. Uh, See, I didn't realize that 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 church was um, here in our country. It's pretty much nationwide. But the things that those poor people went through, uh, uh, you you were mentioning they were persecuted. I mean, many of them lost their lives, uh, and they had that strong belief enough that, that, they were not going to let those people run them off. And, 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 um, I mean, they were so cruel to those people. I, I, it's something that's hard for us to understand here.
2: Well, you don't hear a lot about Christian churches being persecuted around the world in our news media, Yeah, but it's pretty extensive. And, uh, there have been thousands of, of Christians killed throughout the world. Um, you know, there was a whole group that, uh, was in Afghanistan that the that ISIS had isolated on a mountaintop, and they were going yeah. to wipe them out completely until the military went in. A U.S. military went in and and saved a number of them. But uh, yeah, they've uh, they've been subject to a lot of a lot of dangers. There's a huge movement in Africa converting entire communities to New Testament Christianity. Yeah, um, go in and teach teach the uh, Bible. The mullah changes from Muslim to uh, New Testament Christianity, and then you find the whole village will follow him. And in mass, they'll do that. And then at, at times, you'll have terrorist groups that come in and massacre the whole the whole town because they are no longer Muslims. Yeah. And you don't hear a lot about that here in the United States, but it's happening. And uh, it, it's a significant factor that we need to be aware of. Those people sacrifice everything for it,
1: yeah and, and the, the things that are going on here we're starting to see uh, kind of like a backlash against all types of religion here, and I don't understand we're well, we're really blessed here in our country that we've been able to um,
2: um, have freedom of religion, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, pretty much
2: when we lived in. Uh, the hostility toward Christianity as such is has significantly increased Um, you know somebody's like well I'm not gonna have somebody cramming their religion down my throat which is interesting because the very statement that he says is doing what? it's cramming his religious beliefs being atheism or whatever it is down somebody else's throat when we lived in Houston the newly elected mayor of Houston a uh, few days after she was elected, she went to Las Vegas with her girlfriend and they got married and came back. That's fine. But then she had her...
1: With uh, her girlfriend. Yes. Um.
2: To, and, But she had the district attorney's office issue subpoenas to churches in Houston, at least five of the big churches, requ- uh, demanding copies, tape recordings of their... Uh, or tapes of their... Audio recordings of their sermons mm-hmm. and transcripts of their sermons, specifically as it related to discussions of, of uh, lesbianism, gay rights, or uh, LGBT and uh, transsexual things. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was such a huge backlash against those subpoenas that they withdrew them and said, well, it was a misunderstanding, you know, and this, that, and the other. But, it's very hostile toward christians right now and uh it, it, you know it's open season if you, it's hard
1: to understand that, uh, that we're taught love we're not taught hate uh and and it, it just doesn't make any sense why anyone could become so agitated at those particular type beliefs it doesn't make any sense
2: i was talking with a lady who had moved here from california and she said one of the things that she loved about being here in in what she called the South, in the South, is uh, that she could express her religion and her religious beliefs freely. She said when she was in California, if, if she expressed any type of New Testament religious beliefs, she was immediately attacked and set aside and ignored and this, that, and the other, and persecuted because of her religious beliefs. And she said, here in the South, not so much. I think that is coming in here now because we have... Churches that are being threatened with lawsuits because they, you know, they may not allow a, a homosexual couple to come in to use the church to be married. Well, you're discriminating against them based on their sex, and we're going to file a lawsuit against you. And then, if the lawsuit goes through, well, you're going to lose your status as a as a uh, tax-deductible institution for church. And it's it's becoming very hostile. We have to be aware of it, and I think we have to take a very affirmative response against that and address it right up front and uh, you know it's, it's not a time to turn the other cheek on that thing. It, it's time to address it up front and to demand that we be granted the same rights that they're given these other people and it's fine for them to do what they want but it's not enough for them to, you, you don't just have to agree with them, you have to support it and acknowledge it and accept it and teach it as being acceptable. Uh, or they're going to file suit against you or try to get you fired or or cancel culture you or something like that, and, and it's very hostile. It's a very hostile group.
1: If, if those problems reach you're you're an attorney also. If those problems reach our uh, uh, Supreme Court in, in the country, uh, how can they win against something that this country was built on? It, it, it doesn't make any sense. Religious freedom. I'm talking about.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's a matter of what you define as a religion. Okay. Yeah. If you define secularism, which uh, is what that is, it's yeah. a secular approach. And if if you define secularism as a religion, then what they're doing is they're promoting their religion and forcing you to have to address it and say it's okay. Yeah. Uh, if 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 Christians require a certain set of beliefs, then that's considered bad. But if seculars require a certain set of beliefs, well, that's okay. Well, why is it bad on this side, but okay on the other side? It should be balanced between the two. It it either, you know, the freedoms which we have there should apply across the board both ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you're talking about transsexual bathrooms and transsexual locker rooms, this sort of thing, there are a lot of people have big problems with that. and uh, they Why do
1: the definitions have to be so complicated?
2: Well, you know, there are over 50, uh, quote, identified, unquote, genders
3: mm-hmm. out
2: there now, uh, not just male and female. Well, it doesn't matter whether you, it <clears throat> doesn't matter if you, I mean, females have an XX chromosome. Every cell in their body has an XX chromosome. Mm-hmm. Males have an XY chromosome. Every cell has an XY chromosome. It doesn't matter what it is. You can do surgery. You can do hormones. You can do whatever else. But guess what? You still have XX if you're female, XY if you're male.
1: Now, they, uh, are those pretty solid, though? Because oh, oh, yeah. That's solid. We, so, you, that's we, we, we all pretty. know people that uh, um,
2: now, there may they're be people.
1: different when they're born.
2: That's right. Yeah. There are people who have different levels of uh, activities things they like things that but but, I mean I read I heard recently a four-year-old that they had put on uh, transgender medication because Mm -hmm. the four-year-old decided that they wanted to be the opposite sex whatever it was I forget and that is nothing but pure child abuse there's no way a four-year-old can define that well, I'm a boy and I want to be a girl, or I'm a girl and I want to be a boy. Yeah. Uh, such that you chemically change their body in a permanent way from then on that cannot be reversed. Hmm. And uh, that's just—I mean, I—I I don't care which way it is. That's just not right.
1: It, it, it's something that I don't understand whatsoever when when those things happen, and uh, but. Tar- it, also- it, 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 it actually it, it uh, um, what the bible teaches is 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 pretty uh, uh, it's pretty solid uh, what the bible teaches about something like that but um it, it seems like the world is is full of people that they want to challenge uh, what 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 is taught in the bible
2: Well, it's not enough to have their practices. They have to destroy anything that is taught against their practices. Yeah. And that's the difference between it, is that, you know, if if someone is an alcoholic, they're an alcoholic. Yeah. Okay? Now, they may not have had a drink for 20 years, so they're not a practicing alcoholic, but they're still an alcoholic. That's true. They know that if they take that drink, that's going to put them back on the path. Yeah. And it's the same way with other uh, conditions that people have. You know, someone may be, a, a man may be attracted to other men. And that may be something that he has to deal with on a basis. But if he doesn't act on that, then he's not putting himself in that category of of acting on that. Conversely to what many people would say the Bible teaches about it.
1: Well, it, it, it's It's wide open now when when you and i were young and and uh... Um, everybody knew where everybody stood uh, and if if someone is that uh, was a closet type person um they kept it quiet and, and there was very little uh... uh problems as far as uh,
2: the all the was, things
1: that were taught up until that point the
2: deal was that, that and i remember people saying, well Nobody's gonna cook you a birthday cake congratulating you on being gay or lesbian or homosexual or whatever else. Yeah. Which is not true now. They will do that now. Yeah. But um, but the difference was not just in the in the practice of it, but they're trying to force other people to have to accept it as being a, a, a an acceptable way of life in their opinion. Mm-hmm. And so if, if their beliefs are being forced on others uh, because they're not going to have others forcing their beliefs on them, there's no difference in that. Um, you can't, you know, I can't go out and force somebody to be a Christian or follow Christian beliefs. You take away the Christian belief moral schedule that we have, secularism does not have a moral basis for its existence. Um now they can talk about society, they can talk about this, that and the other, but absent a moral base, uh secularism, you know, goes its own way, does its own thing, is all about self and whatever I want to do, and if and if I if I do it and it's okay to me, then it's okay. And um so they are they're bound by the laws that we have. And the restrictions that we have, and and to some extent the moral code that we have, in terms of dealing with children and that sort of thing, but um, it's it's becoming much more hostile toward anyone with moral uh, with Christian moral beliefs, and they have to you have to be willing to address it and deal with it and stand up firm for it, and not compromise or even acquiesce to it because people are gonna, you know, people are gonna be down there. Uh, picketing your place, or canceling you out, or whatever else.
1: You you really haven't had any of those problems, have you? Except for maybe uh, if there are less people going to church, then it's going to affect you directly in some ways.
2: Years ago, when we were having a big contest about liquor in the in the state, and counties could be dry or they could be wet and they had five elections here in Murfreesboro. I think I'm right. It could have been four, but I think it was Oh, five.
1: I remember the, uh, the, the, the liquor, liquor place. So <laughs> just as you cross into Davidson County was a busy place back it, then. It
2: was. Uh, Rutherford County was a dry county, and they, yeah. they had an election on it, and uh, they lo- uh, the liquor group lost. They had another election. The liquor group lost. I could do it every two years, I think. Had a third. But, but,
1: but that would be – <laughs> it's strange – the the churches and and the liquor store over there were in, on the same page as far as keeping it out of. You remember that out of Rutherford County?
2: A lot of a lot of the bootleggers certainly did not want county to go, to vote liquor in because it would ruin their business. Yeah. But uh, politics. What does it say, Makes, makes uh, strange, strange bedfellows. Bad fellows. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But uh, and then the state, you know, the state legislature, eventually. Passed a law saying that anyone could possess up to one, I think it was one gallon of of uh, liquor um, and not be violated, whether it was a dry county or a wet county. Yeah. And uh, eventually uh, liquor was voted in. And then when it was, and then later liquor by the drink was voted in. Mm-hmm. Long time it was a BYOB, bring your own bottle. And then later liquor by the drink was voted in. And and uh, so it opened things up a lot. And uh, uh a lot of people liked it
1: Do they, do they still make uh, The Bibles For the history of different families uh, Where uh, well, you, Your marriage a date would be on there And yes. your kids' birthdays And all the way down the line
2: Rarely will you find those filled out But they do make family Bibles uh, it, People my My mother was born in 1915 And mm. The only, she was the youngest, she had seven brothers and one sister, and she was the youngest. And about the only thing she got when her parents died was the family Bible. Wow. And when you open the Bible up, everybody's listed in there when they were born, uh, some of them when they died. And by the time they got down to her, there weren't any more spaces left, so she's written in the margin up the side of the page (laughs) because that's the only space they had left for her at that time being the ninth child in the group.
1: That's Uh, another way of telling everybody how much your family means to you, to be able to keep up with that type of history. And that's one of the things that I'm going through right now is uh, uh, all the pictures uh, of two or three generations before me. And, And you don't want to lose that, and you don't want the family not to be able to be aware of those really special people that that meant so much in in our lives, and, and how different everything was uh, in the in the trials and tribulations of what all they had to go through.
2: My dad wrote an autobiography, and he he was writing it, and he was taking the galleys to B and E Graphics to have them done and set up, and printed. And he took the last chapter to B and E Graphics on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And for them to do, that. and that was the last part of the book. And on, sa- on Saturday morning, wh- and he named the book, he told him what the name of the book was, which he had not done. When he would speak in uh, Rotary Club, Chamber of Commerce, uh, university president, uh, traveling all over the United States and in meetings and stuff, mm-hmm. he would get to the end of his near the end of his speech, and he would say, "Well, I see my time is up." And then he would wrap up the talk or the mm-hmm. speech or whatever it was. So he named his book, I See My Time Is Up. Yeah, And he took that galley on Friday night and he had a stroke Saturday morning. Mm. So he would never have been able to do it after that. Wow. But, uh, but that book, the point of that book being, it, it goes through a lot of family history and pictures and everything else which would have been totally lost without including it in that book. And uh, it talks about the history of the church and the meetings that they would have hundreds and hundreds of people. uh come to the meetings and cars 300 cars parked out in the fields uh people listening and and, uh it's an interesting history in reading it and it goes back to some of the he, he gathered material from all over the place and it goes back to the early uh ancestors of the De Hoffs and where they came from, starting in Alsace-Lorraine, and then they were Huguenots, and they fled to the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And from the Netherlands, part of them came to the New World, like 1702, and part of them took grapevines and went to South Africa, and they control the grape vineyards in South Africa now. I haven't gone down there yet. I need to go down there and see those vineyards. But uh, but it's an interesting history as you go through that. Yeah, My mother had a nephew. Uh, back in the 70s, before you had internet and everything, he came in and flopped down a notebook uh, 36 generations from William the Conqueror all the way to current. Wow. And he had traced the whole thing through. And I said, how in the world did you... He said, well... He said, to be honest, I ran into a family in Virginia that had already been done, and when you got to them, it was all the way to the, you know William the Conqueror. But, well, you
1: uh, don't just have Bibles and... And things like that. Know, One have. thing about it is, when you think about um, uh, our religious beliefs, it, almost inevitably, I get to the patriotism of our country because our country was b- pretty much built on those beliefs. And uh, I, I, I um,
2: even people. I, I
1: enjoy reading all of those things that link them together.
2: Even people who didn't attend church or would not have considered themselves religious people, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: they still espoused biblical beliefs, New Testament Christianity beliefs, and uh, belief in God and what God was going on. I mean, they may say, look, I'm going to deal with my problems when I get to the pearly gates. Mm -hmm. But they didn't, for the most part, they didn't go around criticizing everyone else who followed christian beliefs yeah and they certainly didn't espouse destruction of it which is what we're hearing now so
1: what do you think's behind all of that uh
2: secularism self-absorption i'm more important than anything else uh that's that's
1: a strange belief though i can do what
2: i want to do and uh there's nobody's going to hold me accountable when i when i die i'm dead all over just like rover and uh
1: But they're so um, negative toward other people. They are. It's almost like it's me against them.
2: It's obsessive-compulsive on their part. It's not enough that they believe it. Uh, They want you to to have to espouse it and endorse it and say it's okay. And if you don't say it's okay, then they're going to try to destroy you and what you're doing. You know, the guy with the bakery out in... Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he sold cakes to, it didn't matter if they were gay or lesbian or whatever, he sold cakes to everybody. Yeah. But they wanted him specifically to make a gay wedding cake. And he said, I won't do that because that's against my religion. And, uh, you know, they, they have plagued him with lawsuits, hundreds of thousands of dollars of lawsuits,
1: yeah. and
2: tried to put him out of business, and uh, only because he didn't ag- agree with their approach. And it wasn't that he wouldn't service them. There were plenty of... And there were other bakeries right around there who would have done what they wanted done. But the goal was not to get a cake from him. The goal was to destroy him. And that's what they've tried to do.
1: Could he be vulnerable to a lawsuit? Oh, yeah. Because he's... But I don't understand that.
2: It's because it's been codified now that when when they pass the law saying... You cannot discriminate against anybody based on their sex. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's been expanded now to to say not just sex, but sexual identity or sexual orientation. And um, that leads us into a gray zone, which some would not consider gray, um, to say that if if I don't hire somebody, because they are uh, black, or because they are Hispanic, or because they're something else, those are protected areas. I I cannot discriminate against them based on them being white, black, Asian, Native American, whatever else. Um, they have certain protections. Yeah, I understand
1: and, that, but that <coughs> that's a system that. Uh, should not be a part of America. Everybody should be looked at as equal all the way across the board. That's the way that our country was made. And when you start reaching out to different groups, whether it be ethnical group, eth- ethnic groups or whatever, uh, to me that that is a self-destructive way of dealing in in our country. And and whenever you give a certain group rights, you take away uh, rights from other groups as you go along. I know the Asians, they are a group that has really been attacked uh, because, as you know, uh, most of us know that the Asians are extremely bright. And when they want to go into these uh, uh, special schools like Harvard or Vanderbilt or whatever, uh, I they mean, they're up. right at the top. And, and, and when you take away their rights, I mean or take other ethnic groups like us, and maybe we're not as smart as the Asian groups or whatever, um, you, we've always wanted to have the brightest of the bright to go in and be able to um, get those particular tri- types of education. That they can carry on in in a different way, and um, I, I just I don't understand what we 're doing right now. Our country seems to be so we want everybody to be treated equal, but to be treated up to their particular gifts and, and uh, it, it's it's so difficult right now
2: well there, there are some groups right now that are not treated equal, and Christians are one of those groups yeah. Uh, the attack on them is, is vicious, and it is ongoing, and it's ever-expanding. And uh, they're, they're trying to suppress the beliefs of Christianity and the teachings of Christianity mm-hmm. in ways that have never been done before uh, here in the United States. And uh, it, it will continue, and it I think it will get worse before it gets better. So we better be educated enough to stand up against it and uh, and to say, that's very interesting, but, and then explain, you know, your situation this, And to say, somebody says, well, uh, you're forcing your beliefs on me Well, their very statement that they're saying is, is doing what? It's forcing their beliefs on that individual Yeah And uh, so there's clearly a balance between the two And there has to be respect between the two but the respect is broken down in a lot of ways. And uh, it's not just a a matter of tolerance. It's a matter of, of hostility and destruction. We will destroy you if you don't agree and espouse what we do.
1: You know, we've seen the Supreme Court is supposed to be the great equalizer. And uh, we have seen the Supreme Court change. I guess it goes all the way back to Warren's group. Uh, that uh, it's becoming more and more political than following the Constitution. And that that's the, uh, it, it, you can almost see the erosion that's going on in our country when it comes to staying within those great guidelines that were set up originally by our forefathers.
2: Whether you like Trump or not, and there are a lot of things about Trump that people didn't like, mm-hmm. um, but he appointed three Supreme Court justices. Yeah. And you don't always know when you appoint them if they're going to be conservative or radical. No, but you I mean, sure don't. Uh, Warren was appointed by a Republican uh,
1: because he was conservative. And and, and it then it didn't turn out the most
2: most liberal of all the Supreme Court justices yeah. we've had. But they uh, <clears throat> they also had a. I forget how many, 150, 170, I don't know how many judges that Trump appointed Mm -hmm. on the federal and circuit level, which were vacant. Yeah. And he filled those places in. And I think in the future that has the potential because hopefully you're appointing people who are going to follow the Constitution. And what's happened in the past is if somebody could not get a law passed
1: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, through the legislature of what they wanted, and they'd go to court, they'd have a federal judge do it by mandate. Yeah. And uh some of these federal judges are far out radical. Uh, ninth Circuit is the most overturned circuit in the United States. That's California and the states around that. Yeah. But um
1: And you can see the result, I think.
2: Hopefully a more a more center based judicial system will result from those appointments. You'd like to think so anyway.
1: Well People, there are all types of religion, and, and, and they go in different directions. And uh, uh, this is more a Christian area in the southeast, and and, uh, and actually Tennessee has been known as the Bible Belt for many, many years. And when you see all those changes that are going on here in our area, it, it's, um, it's um, pretty hard to reconcile a lot of the things that are are happening here, and uh, I, you've already mentioned one of the the religions that is uh, so um, uh, they don't seem human life doesn't mean a lot to them, as we've seen over in the Middle East and places like that, and and when you read a little bit of uh, how uh was being taught in those religions and you think maybe if i was one of those people and i'd be looking at maybe the consequences later on i would i would shy greatly away from that particular religion and um um do those things ever worry you as we're changing in our country to see it's some of those grow
2: what's happened is we've lost our education system to a large extent yeah we've had people taking over the education system particularly in the university level um, it's a self-perpetuating thing if you're a conservative and you're applying for for a teaching position at, at a college mm-hmm. and there's anything on your resume that indicates you're a Christian you automatically, according to recent records, recent information I heard this week, Mm -hmm. you are forty percent more likely to not be selected if there's anything on your resume that indicates you have Christian or Christian belief. And uh, so it's a self-perpetuating thing where they're they're bringing in secularists, they're bringing in uh, socialists, they're bringing in people who are in the university, they get these pliable minds and they teach them this stuff, as though it's fact and it's not fact. And they teach them a skewed opinion of things, you know, about how terrible the American flag is, Mm -hmm. how terrible America's history is. They said, no, we have things that we need to work on, but our constitution said, uh, you know, that we have the right to pursue happiness and included in the constitution were ways to amend the constitution to address issues that came up. And we've done that well over twenty times in the course yeah. of doing the Constitution, and the effect is that we're not a perfect country, but we seek uh, to move forward. And and while we've had periods in history where there were groups that uh, that I would say inhibited that advancement for a while, eventually it comes through. Yeah, you know,
1: it's strange so, world we're living in, Paul. It is indeed. All right good show huh? i i always enjoy when you come on
2: well i appreciate the offer so
1: yeah you you've uh, lit a few minds up a little bit and and they've absorbed some pretty nice things
2: for better or worse yeah as the case may be
1: all right guys we'll see you in the
0: morning at night from nhc's adams place home of premier senior living on memorial boulevard